Hello, humans of the earth, and thank you for joining us on this wonderful day. My name is Heidi. And my name is Dana. And this is Fun Times with Dana and Heidi. Today, we'll be sharing our latest positive news stories, but first we have our tweet of the week. So this week's uh, tweet of the week comes from at L91, and it says, The anxious urge to say no worries either way when you are actually worrying both ways plus a secret third way. And I think I've definitely felt that, you know, just like <laughs> a lot of times in my life, especially like uh, like when we have like a group project or like something for school, and I'm like, oh, no worries. It's okay. It's not okay. In my head, it's not okay. But in the end, it all works out. It's fine. But I think... You know, you kind of need to like internalize that and, you know, kind of like offset your anxieties just for a little bit. But in the end, everything usually just does turn out fine. So that's good. Yeah. Don't overthink. Most of the time when these things happen to me, half of me is like, what are you doing? They need to get it right. Like, like do, do your part and do your thing and promise and do exactly what you said you were going to do. And then the other half is like, give them a break. Like they probably had a bad day or something. But yeah, sometimes... They ask you, how are you? No worries. And you're just like, yeah, no worries. Totally. (laughs) But yeah, it mostly does work out at the end. So the first news story that we have today is about a cat who gets reunited with his family after it got stuck in an armchair that the family donated by accident. So cats seem to have the superpower other pets don't have and that superpower is hiding in small and hidden spaces with no problems such as paper bags laundry baskets cabinets i know dana you have a cat i'm not sure if they are inside or outside but i do i have two cats they're usually outside but sometimes we bring them inside but like when they're outside like they will literally just go to like random places they will like like chill on like under someone's car in the shade you know when it's like uh when it's like hot outside like they'll literally they'll be everywhere they'll be like in a tree like they will be everywhere and they i think they do like to hide i remember like sometimes we bring them inside and then one of my cats likes to hide under like my bed and it takes him forever to find out until we see him like walking somewhere so i think that that's a pretty like good like skill that they have and yeah it's pretty common but i think it's pretty funny so yeah but i love cats i have two cats i have uh one of them is named thor and the other one is named destiny and yeah they're great i love my cats yeah they're the type of um animals that just appear out of nowhere although they've been there for like the whole time and you just realize when they come prancing at you quietly or they have like a little meow and you're like, oh, there you are. So this particular family found out that their tabby cat, Montequilla, hid in a recliner chair during spring cleaning. So this family, which the article did not name, was moving out of their Denver, Colorado home. So they were cleaning out the things that they did not need anymore. And one of the things that they did not need anymore was an old, tan, cloud-looking recliner couch. It was one of those couches where, like, when you go to, like, a grandparent's house and it's, like, really soft and you don't know how old it's been because it's been there, like, since the first time you stepped into that house. And who knows how dirty it may be underneath. But it's, like, very worn and very well used and it's, like, very fluffy. I hope you know what I'm trying to picture. But... They did not need that recliner chair anymore. They donated it to a local charity shop. And later, these store employees heard meowing from inside the chair. And they discovered the cat. 
So they called the animal shelter to pick it up on New Year's Eve. So because Montequia's microchip was not updated, the store decided to keep him at, this, at over there when his family would take him back or even if his family would take him back. So thank goodness the family noticed the family member missing and called the store to see if he accidentally got donated with the chair. And yes, he did get accidentally donated with the chair. I know this is a podcast, but what happened was there was a picture that was on the article and he was like stuck in the chair. Like, you know how recliner chairs, they like slide in and out and there's like a lot of gears in the middle of the actual chair. He got stuck like in the middle of that. Like, not, like, in the gear, but, like, underneath the gear. So, oh, you know, like, the little, like, the... They're not, like, pipes, but, like, all, the, like, the metal and stuff under the recliner. Yeah, and that little um section that has... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Dang. So, like, you Poor really cat. couldn't see him. He was him. a bit so scared. Yeah. Yeah. It's, like, pretty hidden. So, just a few hours later, he was reunited with his family. And the officer was saying the owners were crying with joy to have their cat returned, and Montequia appeared relieved to be at home. And now he gets to move with the family out of their house, because who would have known if they never came back to the store to pick him up? Yay. Oh, my gosh. That sounds like... It's like a funny story, but it's also like a horror story at the same time. Like if you really like, if you're really like close to your cat and then you accidentally like donate it in like a chair, you're like praying for the cat to like be okay. I think, yeah, it's just a really wild story. But yeah, it just goes to show you how like, yeah, cats are just, they will hide in in everything. And it's just, they're just really great. And I'm glad that the family, including Montequilla, has now been reunited. It's very sweet. Okay, so now moving on to our next news story. We have, oh, also speaking of cats, this is also about cats. Um, uh, outdoor cats are using $500 Starlink satellite dishes as self-heating beds. And so, especially right now, since we're recording in January, the weather is definitely starting to get like chillier, especially in Texas. And so people, uh, you know, it's just cold. So people are starting to wear like their heavier coats and things like that and we're just kind of you know waiting for some warmer weather at least down here i don't know how it is up in like the northeast coast and things like that but um the funny thing it's here not so- is that in december it was really warm like our christmas mm-hmm. day was probably around 80 degrees while in january it's like 50s 40s so like the seasons are changing yeah, for real. So yeah, you know, seasons are changing. Lots of chilly, chilly weather. And so, um, and in addition to that, I didn't know this until I read this article, but apparently Elon Musk's uh, SpaceX company, uh, you know, SpaceX, um, has a satellite branch called Starlink. And so it's basically like these satellite dishes that connect like like any other satellite dish does. It connects to like space and things like that. But I didn't know that they had their own satellite dish company. So, you know, good for them, I guess. But um, so this is the story of a man who used a $500 Starlink satellite dish to connect his home to the internet, as one does. But then he discovered that his there's this like group of outdoor cats that were using them using the satellite dish as a self-heating bed, which I think is pretty funny because if you, and obviously like Heidi said, this is a podcast, but if you, you could just picture like one satellite dish and then like five cats just like standing like inside. It's pretty funny. So 
Um, so he used his satellite dish to connect to the internet, but on a snowy day, he found five cats curled up inside. And so he thinks that the reason they did that is because the satellite itself has a self-heating feature that melts off snow to connect with like to prevent uh, connection interference. And it also absorbs light from the sun. So it makes it like a really good heater for the cats. And so the cats, when he saw them, he was like, why is my connection like not working? Like what's going on? And then he goes outside and he sees like five cats inside a satellite dish. So yeah, that was like the root of his problems. But I just thought, you know, it's a cute story. It was a funny story. So yeah, if you see any cats in your satellite dishes, if you have any, now you know why that could be. That's so funny. I feel like that's the equivalent to like, why is my Wi-Fi not working? And then realizing that your Wi-Fi router has been covered by a bunch of like rabbit families. That's how I feel like that would be. That's so funny. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Okay, so moving on to our next story. Okay, this story was like very mysterious, but also very cool. I don't know. I have lots of lots of feelings about this. And it's also connected to space, like SpaceX's. Uh, obviously, like sponsored by, you know, like governmental NASA projects and not so much like, um, like privatized uh, projects. But regardless... Still very cool, still very mysterious. So there is a rover called Perseverance, which is a great name, by the way. Super cute, super motivational. A rover called Perseverance on Mars, who is trying to investigate these like mysterious, like dark gray to purple coatings that are found on many of Mars's rocks. And so these purplish rocks, like the rover was like going around Mars and, you know, just kind of like exploring. And these purplish rocks were observed nearly everywhere the rover went. And scientists think it could provide clues of Mars past, especially as to whether it has hosted life in the microform. And so I know it's like a very big thing for a lot of people uh, to potentially live on Mars and colonize Mars since there's like, you know, virtually, I mean, as far as we know, uh, there, it could host life, but we're still looking for signs of life and evidence that it could evidently, evidence that it could evidently, that's funny, evidence that it could efficiently support um, life in the human species. So, you know, that's something that we're looking into. And so that is perseverance. The little rubber is helping us find out. So on Earth, just as Earth, on Earth, we have these like rock coatings called varnishes and they're usually high in microbes because they provide a lot of moisture and shelter. And additionally, many of the microbe species that live in the varnishes of the rocks, um, these rocks have like lots of iron and manganese and they use those elements to, they metabolize those elements to protect themselves from the sun and its uv rays which can be kind of harmful to some species of like microbes and bacteria but they are able to use they're able to metabolize those elements to kind of make a shield and protect themselves from it so i think that's pretty neat so and then on mars um the perseverance rover uh, he has like he it's it's a it's a robot it's the rover the rover found it has like a little testing kit and it found iron it was like exploring different craters and in this one crater called jezero it found iron in the purple coating of the rocks so that could implicate that you know maybe there's like some sort of microbe life that could potentially be there and they didn't find any manganese in that one but then they went to another crater called gale and they did find a uh, manganese in that one and so the scientists are still going to analyze the samples of, uh, upon the uh, perseverance rovers 
you know, like the return home of the materials. But as of right now, they're still collecting more samples to publish them in research studies and to just collect more evidence for future discoveries, which I think is really cool. But yeah, so props to Perseverance, Little Rover, pulling through, looking at purple uh, substances on Mars. And yeah, so who knows, maybe we could um, end up living on Mars someday, having people, the first people land on Mars. Yeah, I think planets are the coolest thing ever, but are so complex that I would never even want to like research into one bit of it because I know that I'll be sucked up into this black hole of just planet research. Yeah, black hole, no pun intended. (laughs) Yeah, no pun intended. I saw like another planet on TikTok that is being discovered and they found out that the winds are so high and it just throws glass everywhere it's crazy uh, so planets wow. have super abilities and it'd be so cool yeah, if it's... we get to live on mars like the earth is getting a little bit full don't you think dana we need to move some people <laughs> yeah. out of the country i'm kidding i'm kidding <laughs> oh country, planet. like it was a place of exile <laughs> oh my god that's so funny yeah. no um Not country planet yeah i just think it's an interesting proposition obviously you know the earth has been our home for like basically the entire (laughs) survival of the human species and so you know it's pretty important to protect it and to you know not let it you know burn and you know go to waste that would be pretty sad but you know i think just like maybe not even colonizing mars because i don't know if i'll be able to get to like see that maybe i will by the time you know you know in my lifetime but i think that like just how it was achieved for humans to land on the moon. I think that humans landing on Mars, that would be pretty cool. So, um, yeah, I think it's a really cool new story. And yeah, I agree. Planets are fascinating. And there's like, it's so interesting how like when we talk about species on Earth, like just like animals and plants, it's like, oh, there's so much diversity, you know, in the species. But there's also like planet diversity, if you think about it. Like they're so different from each other in different ways and they're also like interconnected and within those planets there's like potentially like life or other elements or chemicals or i guess physical properties that are just not found anywhere else so yeah i think it's really really cool my neil degrassi tyson uh is popping out right now i love that man but anyways yes that's the end of my tangent and i'll let heidi go on to her heidi's review section yeah so (laughs) since our last episode i have gone back to school I go to a different school than Dana for this year, and I went to school later than her because I'm doing a program that I'm taking classes at the university that will also cover for my credits that I am pending in high school. But that's beside the point. But now that I'm enrolled in these university courses, they don't use Google Classroom, Google Docs, Google Slides, just like how I did in my past academic career. They use Blackboard, and a lot of colleges use this platform for assignments and exams. Like Blackboard, like Blackboard is the Google Classroom for upper-level education. So my high school and my middle school, they both use Google Classroom, and I found that a million more times useful because you're able to view what things are due when they're coming up, and they give you reminders, and they give you email reminders, And everything's just very user-friendly and aesthetically pleasing. 
everything's neatly organized and teachers are able to organize it how they would like and you're able to answer quizzes and questions right on the platform itself like you don't need to go somewhere else to do anything so that was really nice because you kept all the information in one place but once I got to this new school, I found that they shifted from using the Google domains to Blackboard and Microsoft Office. So PowerPoint, Outlook, and Word. And Blackboard, to be honest, is such a downgrade. It is horrible. Because I was never I never grew up like using PowerPoint, Outlook, and Word religiously. I mostly stuck to like Gmail, Google Docs. So I was already very used to those um, platforms. So switching for me was like, oh my gosh. And Blackboard is not user-friendly, like I said earlier. It is a lot of manual labor. And it feels like searching through like Goodwill bins to find your assignments. Because it's just so hard to find them. Because there's just so many buttons to click. And there are no reminders as to what assignments you have due. And it feels like every single thing you're looking for is on a different page. Like you'll have like a bunch of tabs open. And it's crazy. Anyone who uses Google Classroom knows that when a teacher posts a page or a paper, you have an option to preview it. So it doesn't necessarily download to your computer, but you're able to view it on your screen without it having any leftover marks on your computer. So on Blackboard, there's no such thing as previewing. Like Word documents, PDFs, like you have to download the actual file. So then you're storage is just gone absolutely gone so i hate that there's no preview feature and i hope that colleges will go back to google classroom and because simplicity is better simplicity is better honestly yeah blackboard (laughs) heidi is very passionate about this so blackboard you need to take some notes from google classroom i honestly yeah i think or i'm sure that over time you know, it will get used to the process of using Blackboard. But yeah, it seems a little bit more tedious. I'm not sure if that's on purpose or not. But since Google Classroom is usually like oriented to like K to 12, and then Blackboard is usually like more commonly used in universities. But I don't know, it might just be like the platform itself. Because I do know some high schools that use Blackboard. But yeah, I mean, I do like some things about Google Classroom. I like that it has like the dashboard. So you can see all of like the deadlines that you have. So it's like due Monday and you don't even have to like click on the classroom. It's it's just there and it has like the times for you. So you could just like go and then like see all of that in advance to keep track of your assignments. And yeah, I think that not having the preview feature is a little bit like annoying because like, you know, you would have a ton of, of files on your storage. But hey, I mean, maybe if you look on the bright side, maybe it'll be like, oh, you get to just clean out your storage, like a computer, do a computer spring cleaning. I don't know, something like that. But um, yeah, I can understand. I feel I feel your pain. I can understand uh, where that's coming from. But I'm sure it'll it'll be fine. I'm sure you'll do great regardless. So um yeah. Thank you. I'm pretty sure that you'll experience Blackboard's pain one day. But for now, you're riding the Google Google Domain Cruise. Yes, Google Domain Cruise. We love that. For our motivational quote for today, we have some wise words said by Kurt Vonnegut. I want to stand as close to the edge as I can without going over. Out on the edge, you can see all kinds of things you can't see from the center. For me, this means like going out of your comfort zone, but not being stupid.
<laughs> yeah, basically. Very, very, very analytical, very blunt. I love that for you. But yeah, um, yeah, I think it's like, you know, just taking risks in life, obviously not going too far with it, but you know, taking risks in life, taking like different, you know, leaps uh, to really just, you know, push yourself to, you know, be better every day, try new things. So yeah, I think it's a really great quote. And so thank you. This is our closing now. Thank you for uh, joining us with today's episode and make sure to follow us on Instagram at, at funtimeswdh for memes, updates, and more. And make sure to check out our website if you want to read more about today's news stories. So that concludes this episode and thank you so much for listening. Thank you. Goodbye. Bye.